0: Welcome to part two of my uh, vacation time. And this is all about what I learned about myself, about what I wanted to do while I was on the resort and how I was in sometimes in situations that weren't always the greatest and how I was reacting to them and trying to figure things out and trying to take these vacation tactics into my everyday life or what I enjoyed from there and leaving out what was negative and just all the lessons I learned. So enjoy. Reluctant vegan son. Oh, fuck. So for the first time in, I think, reluctant vegan son history. Well, definitely for this, I'm recording a second episode the same night. It will be out in another day, two days. Be out the day after episode 52, we have episode 53. Next week, I am going to be in Columbia. I actually fly on the 19th, which would be uh, when episode 52 comes out. And that first week, I stay in a hostel with other people. And so I thought for this week, I'd split uh, the vacation episode and what I was doing there and just my overall feelings and what I thought about myself and split into two parts. The first part got a little long. And yeah, so at the end of the first part, I was talking about this book I read called Monster, which is a fantastic book, and I think everybody should read it. It is a very hard read. It's not meant for kids, but it's something I said I wouldn't, like, live. It's not exactly what I mean. I mean, the reason why he writes this book is so people can have a better understanding of how his life was as a gang member. And so that people will learn something. That's the reason why you tell stories. I mean, I guess also because they're interesting. It was a very interesting book. And I learned lots of things. One thing he says in the beginning, though, is that currently he's writing it. He's writing it as he was in prison at the time. He's passed away now. He said that he was an expert in gangs. And... Why was he an expert in gangs? Well, he lived in a gang for well, he not lived it, yeah, lived, w- worked, I guess he was in a gang, a set uh for a long time, and by living the life, he considered himself an expert, and that's one way that you would be an expert, and I completely agree with that. I mean, that's the best way that's probably the only way. That you can truly be an expert on something as, as ridic- ridiculous isn't a great word, I find. Because it makes it sound ludicrous, but it, it's, it's insane what he did. And reading that or studying that, I don't think you can ever truly understand what it would be like and to share his story. If someone else shared his story, it would be very different because he's the only person who lived it who knows what he's thinking. you're writing a secondary source at that point. and even if it is the best secondary source you've ever seen in your life, well still you're not him. So he was an expert because he lived it for 20 years or longer. So what uh, it made me think what am I what is an expert or qualifies an expert? Or what am I an expert in? And so for someone to be an expert, the definition, and this is just the Google definition, not sure where it comes from, it says, a person who has a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge or of or skill in a particular area. And to me, that's very interesting because it's not very specific. What does it mean to have a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge? I could claim, and, and what, do you need to back it up? I could claim I'm an expert in shit, anything. Uh, I'm an expert in computers, I guess. Why I've been using a computer for, I don't know, 10 years since computers, since laptops came out. I have a Mac. I guess I'm an expert. You could say maybe I'm an expert in electrical engineering. I went to college for that. I have a degree. Now, I, I personally wouldn't say I'm an expert in that. I'm More, I mean... I'm a person who thinks you have to do something. You state it as it is. People embellish all the time. I just look at any resume written by anybody. You'll see. Am I an expert in podcasting? Maybe. I have 53 episodes now. That's a joker in our deck. 52 cards plus the joker. For anybody who didn't understand that one. It's possible if you do something 53 times, are you an expert? How many times does it take for you to be an expert? Professional athletes practice the same play 5,000 times, and they still mess up often. I would still say they're experts, though. Are you an expert if you live, breathe? I guess, breathing, living. If you breathe, eat, sleep, that subject or that passion? I mean, reading the book, it, it seemed that way for him. He breathed, ate, and sleep. His set, gang banging the next, next mission. That was his mindset. He was committed. Is that what being an expert is? Or is that how you would need to be before you become an expert? I think the one thing I might be an expert in is I was thinking being a guy. I mean, I guess you describe your attributes. But being a guy is very relative. I mean, as a man, I can understand how I feel. I guess I'm an expert in myself. Which is very difficult for a lot of people. People don't know what they want. People don't know what they're thinking. The only way to be an expert in yourself... I personally think it's more gut feeling than anything. But it's just... Some people would say being in tune. What does being in tune with yourself mean? Just doing what you want, not living other people's desires or your life as something else? I find it interesting to somehow see that I am an expert in myself yet still have no idea what I want to do? Do I still qualify as being an expert in myself? I think I do because of my experiences of what I've been through that leads me to my decisions. I know what I'm doing. In most situations. I guess if you put me to fly a plane I wouldn't be able to do that, but I don't want to fly a plane. Especially not after my flight. Oh my god. My flight back from the Dominican Republic was awful. And I'll get into that. Uh, I guess I'll just say briefly about the flight. It was an awful flight. It's a three-hour flight, and 30 minutes in, we hit turbulence so bad that I felt I was going to throw up. I don't take the best advantage of my flights. My mom is really good. She, you know, wrote her book on her flight. She does research, journals a lot. I guess that is writing a book. I watch movies. They have my little personal television, and I love that shit. I was watching Pulp Fiction. It's a good movie. Messed up. There was a kid next to me, so kind of on me. But it was a baby, so it didn't make a difference. That's another thing. There was a baby next to me, and there was a baby behind me. And there was a little kid, the baby's brother, next to me, next to him. So I had three really young kids around me. And what happens? 30 minutes in, there's a ton of turbulence. And, I mean, this plane was bouncing 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 around they didn't have the service you know they had they went through with the paid service so you could get alcohol you could get your little boxes or headphones and then they stopped service because there was too much turbulence when they were coming out with the free drinks and the free snacks it's really wonder it's really a big question why that happened they go out for the paid stuff and free stuff you know If we don't get to it, we don't get to it. As long as they pay for our shit. I saw someone with the alcohol. I'm like, how could you do that? I was so nauseous. I stopped my movie. That's how nauseous I was. (laughs) And while we were bouncing around, at certain points, it just dropped. It felt like it was dropping. Now, it wasn't dropping enough that it felt like it was going to fall. But it dropped enough that a lady in the back screamed, she was yelling And people kept turning Giving her looks like Shut up Shut the fuck up What Your screaming is only gonna make All these kids nervous Everybody else nervous There were a lot of kids on that flight A lot of them And three of them were sitting next to me It was It was something So that turbulence stopped And every time I kept checking How much longer do we have How much longer do we have We had two and a half hours Left on that flight Whew not a fun flight. So, that that was my flight. The babies also started crying at some point, which was great. It's a little off topic. I'll get back to the flight letter because I wa- later because I watched a documentary that I really liked. It was about Harry Chapin. But yeah, if you put me to fly a plane, probably wouldn't do so well. That flight actually is the first time in a long time that I clapped when the plane landed. And I remember there was a time when people clapped all the time when planes landed. Uh, But nowadays, I barely see it happening. Do you clap for other people when they do their jobs? Now, other people's jobs don't necessarily depend on your life, but that's what I guess people are saying. If people do a good job, you should clap. But I started clapping, and everybody in the back of the plane started clapping. And that's how you know that shit was rough. We were happy to be on the ground. You always are, but sometimes a little more than most. So I wouldn't say I'm an expert in that. I mean, so there's lots of things you're not experts in. Do you think a trained professional has to be an expert? I mean, there's definitely someone who has spent their life writing academic papers on gang relationships. I have a friend actually who wants to who wants to study that. And I would say he's and he knows a lot he knows a lot about that. And he's really good at it. But he comes from a different perspective than this guy writing an autobiography. If you take the two and compare them, you see one that's a little more academic, one that's one that would be, you know, more about, I guess, the relationships rather than what the fuck actually happened. They'd be like this thing, and then maybe this meant that, maybe meant that. But you don't get a firsthand perspective. And he could still be an expert, and he could still be really good at writing papers and good at his jobs. So that's why I think it's a little uh, ambiguous, there's the word I was looking for, of what comprehensive and authoritative knowledge means. It's funny, I put in in Google for expert definition, and they have a ton of things. Like, expert definitions of different things. Expert definition funny. I what is that? I'm very confused. Is the expert definition of funny? No, it's an Urban Dictionary expert thing. Oh, what's an expert in the Urban Dictionary? Person who learns more and more about less and less until they know everything about very little, at which point and in every context they begin to give opinions and tell everyone what they should not do. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but it wasn't. I think urban dictionary started as a good idea just never really progressed. I mean, it's pretty, you could add anything, so they have those things. And I think if you're looking at it to see what certain slang words or different words mean, it makes sense. I do love slang words. Each culture, each language has their own. I mean, you go to different cities and they have their own little bit of, so their own little specialty, their own little characteristics, flavor it provides. So what am I an expert in? When I say I'm an expert in New York City? Depends on the part. If you asked me about the subway trains in Manhattan, I would definitely be an expert. The F line goes right by my house. I know every stop on that thing, especially in Manhattan. I know where you need to go. I know where you need to transfer. There are routes I know like the back of my hand. Definitely would consider myself an expert in the subway line near my house. Guess you can go as small as you want. Would I say I'm an expert in knowledge of my parents? Maybe. They certainly haven't shared everything with me, but they've shared lots. What am I not an expert in? What is something, is this something that I think I'm really good at that maybe other people think I'm not so good at? There is, tell me. Maybe you think I'm not good at podcasting. Say that. Say how I could improve. I don't mind. It's constructive criticism. don't like when people give non-constructive criticism, though. It doesn't help. don't understand why like you're just trying to feel better by having giving these negative thoughts to the world it's not it might make you feel better for a second but then it doesn't help anybody so I try to be positive I guess I'm an expert in being positive something I would say and it's good to reflect I, I feel better trying to figure out what I'm good at what I'm not good at and so I'm gonna try to figure out my life there's something I'm not good I recognize I'm not good at and want to work on something I feel like I'm not good at and this podcast kind of contradicts it, is storytelling. I find storytelling to be something I'm very bad at. I lose my train of thoughts. I say humana humana's Ralph Grammer, I guess that's a quote for the Honeymooners. Just kept going humana humana whenever he was nervous. But I just can't bring my thoughts together. And I'm better at storytelling, and I'm a lot worse at story writing. Maybe it's story writing that I want to be better at. I think a storytelling. I just don't find that. I personally feel that sometimes people don't listen to me. And I don't want to talk over people. Maybe the answer is talk louder. Be more. It's not going to stop me from trying to tell my stories in the future. But there's just something I want to improve on. There are some people who are great storytellers. That's why I was watching the Harry Chapin documentary. Uh, He wrote Cats in the Cradle. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. And it's a great song. Uh, But what he was known for is his storytelling. He had a really interesting band. He would just tell stories mostly about his life. He would say it's 60% true and it's 40% not true, which is incredible. And you take those bits of your life and maybe you embellish some or stress some importance on different parts, and he told the stories. It's something I would like to learn to do. There are people I notice when people are story good storytellers. I was online on vacation for a COVID test. You need a negative rapid test uh, 24 hours a day before your flight to get back into the U.S. And there were these three guys, two guys behind us, and we didn't see them the entire week. They were on a resort. We didn't even see them that day. We went back with them, and they went to get breakfast, and we left, and we went to get breakfast afterwards. And they weren't there. We thought they were a fever dream. But... When this guy talked, you just couldn't help but listen. It was really entertaining. And he, he was a talkative person, but it was an entertaining talkative. There are some people, you know, who talk, and maybe that's you listening to me. Then you should stop listening to this podcast. But you just talk, and your attention is right there every second. You're not missing a word they're saying, whether it's because he's funny, because he's dramatic, he's whatever. Or it could be a she. She could be dramatic, funny. She could be a great storyteller. There are many women who are great storytellers. But that's just something I want to improve on. So when I was on vacation, I also it was easy to figure out what I enjoyed and what I didn't enjoy. It's funny because even if I didn't enjoy something, I would still do it. So one of the things I did not like is that I woke up every morning feeling like shit. And you might have guessed it was from drinking the previous night. It, it was. And I woke up, and the first couple of days, you know, you meet the people. And the people who you meet are the people your age who tend to drink more. Because what do people do? They drink, and they look for people to drink with. And also, people just get shots. And I, I was older than these people by a couple of years, but they were nice. They were good drinking people, but they would do shots and shots and shots. And they would do different types of shots. If I'm drinking, I try to stick to one type of alcohol. That's just how it is. You feel much better the next day. At least I do. I've been getting really bad hangovers, though, because they would do a shot of rum, a shot of vodka, a shot of mama juana, which is. Mama juana is rum, wine, honey, and like barch, and twigs, and cinnamon. And they just let it steep for like a week. It's really good, but it will get you fucked up. And they do vodka shots, and then they do tequila shots, and I just, I did it for one night, and the next day, I felt like shit until 2 p.m. And then that night, I toned it back a little bit, but not enough, and I felt like shit until noon. So I was improving. And at that point, I realized, I don't want to drink that much. I know, it's crazy how that happens. If you don't feel good for two days, you start being like, I don't want to drink. But it's important to recognize that. There are people who don't feel good who just keep drinking. I always remember I was talking to this guy, and he was like, yeah, it's so much fun, but the next day I feel like absolute shit. And then during the days, and I was like, so what do you do to feel better? He said, I just keep drinking. I don't understand how he does it. I must be past my prime. I guess my prime was at 19. Maybe it was 20. So... Uh, 20, maybe that was my prime drinking age. It's possible. Not positive when my prime was for drinking. I think the most I'd go out was freshman year of college, and I think it's that way for a lot of people. You just get a better understanding afterwards. So after that day, I mean, I just drank less. I would drink mojitos or something that was tasty because vodka I drank too. I just don't understand the point of getting non-tasty drinks. You can get tasty drinks that get you drunk, or you can have not tasty drinks. If your goal is to get drunk, I'd rather have good tasting shit. I don't think it's that crazy. And if anyone tells you you're not a man, or this is weak shit, or whatever, who cares? They can't tell you anything. What they're saying is just a reflection on themselves. You are having a good time. Who cares if you like pink drinks or sweet drinks or whatever? If you're a woman worried about this, too, it's the same thing. You drink what you want to drink, and if they're judging you for it, well, fuck them. doesn't make a difference. You're the one having a good time. The more time you spend on worrying about whether you are man enough or good enough for this, the more worried you're going to be and the less fun you're going to have. That's just how I feel. It was interesting, too, because one of the nights, there were a lot of people from Eastern Europe, Uh, I think Poland's not really Eastern Europe, but there was this person that was Polish, and this she kept saying that she wanted to drink 21 shots in a row, and we should do that. And I would just say no. First of all, 21 is a lot of shots. I don't know many people that could do that. And I don't think I would feel very well afterwards personally. And maybe she could do it. Maybe she was just bluffing. Who knows? But I was not going to find out because I did not want to do it and she kept saying that I was a pussy or something you know what who cares if someone calling your name is going to make you do a bad decision I don't know what to say I mean mean, there's a reason why you feel obligated to I guess if someone says something bad like I'm not blaming you if someone called you a name and you felt bad and you want to do something to show it I'm not saying that that's a wrong course of action necessarily in your mind it might be the right one to me why are you making up my mind? Why are you making my decision? My decision is not predicated on what you think of me. If my decisions are based on what you think of me, then I have to rethink who I'm hanging out with. Otherwise, I'm just not going to have a good time. I also enjoyed really being disconnected. We're very disconnected uh, when we go on vacation. We keep our phones in our room. We never use them during the day. And I still scrolled a little too much at night. But it was freeing. I felt so much more relaxed. My mindset was better. I was more positive. And it is easier to do that on vacation where there is you can go outside. I had a ton of books. It's a lot harder for me to read here than it is for me to read on vacation. I guess it's because I have my computer here. I mean, all day today, all those things that you do... Are on your computer. I try to find things to do away from. Like I'm reading the news on my computer. I play games. I, uh, I'm writing. I'm recording this podcast. I'm recording this podcast on a microphone with my computer right next to me. And so I'm going to try. Maybe you want to try this with me. To just pick one activity that I'm going to do every day that's disconnected. Maybe I'll increase it to two. Especially with me going to Columbia now. I am going to uh, try my best to do the most and have keep that positive outlook that I had the entirety of vacation. What's also interesting is how the week went on. You attract your people and you figure out what your group is. At the start of the week, we had heavy drinking friends who were just drunk 24-7. As we got toward the end, we create, created a closer and closer group of friends who, yeah, we still did drink, but we didn't need to drink all the time. We enjoyed each other's companies. We had good conversation. We learned things, and it just was so much better. Which sucked because we only had one day with our really good group that I liked. Not that I didn't like the other people who we were with; they were great. It's just not everyone who you hang out with is gonna be the person that you want to be with. And this is for friends. Your circle is gonna get can get tighter and tighter. You can include as many people and not include. It's not like we didn't include people. It's just if you want to do your own other thing, that's fine. We're gonna have this great group. Yeah, people more like this didn't include themselves. I mean, it's not for lack of us. If people wanted to be with us, they would. There would be times I'd be trying to just find crowds to drink with, and I would wander into a situation where. Everyone there's a lot of people from Quebec Quebec. They were all speaking French. And I would just sit there with my drink. And if I'm sitting there and people are talking French, I'm like, what am I doing here? I am not necessarily having a great time. I'm just sitting here. I can try to maybe talk to someone who doesn't seem to be interested in talking to me. If that's a course of action, if that's what I want to do. I'm like, how do I get here? How did I get here? If I don't want to do it, I realized." Then just leave or don't do it. Even if you sat if even if I sat even if I sat there for two minutes and got up, and it might be awkward, but they probably wouldn't have noticed if I got up anyways. I wasn't didn't feel like I was adding much, and I didn't feel like I was doing anything sitting there, except judging myself for not adding anything. And I ended up sitting there probably for an hour. I did talk to that guy. And it was interesting. I got more drinks. I got more drunk. Cause what do you do in an awkward social situation, except drink? And I'm sure these guys are having some riveting conversation in French. Actually, the people I talked to said they weren't talking about said they weren't talking about jack shit. And I'm sh- they might have been having some fascinating conversation. Who knows? But I wasn't getting anything from it except judging myself. And so if I could go back, maybe I would have just walked away. Maybe found other people to hang out with. Because they were great people. We met all over the resort. You never know who you're going to find. It was a lot of fun, though. And then on the way back on the flight, I watched uh, this Harry Chapin documentary uh, called Harry Chapin, When in Doubt, Do Something. And they said that was his motto. He's a very high-functioning guy. And I I really liked my energy on the resort. And I'm going to try to keep it. Uh, As I go through my other life I mean, part of it is because Yes, I had no worries and I'm relaxing But even if I have no worries here I'm still on my computer, on my phone I'm not getting the true relaxing, true positive energy I want to find a way to harness that And if you see that energy that you want to produce Try to find those ways to harness it I'm going to be reading more I'm going to be going outside I'm going to try to find a lot of sports to play in Colombia I'm going to be trying to make those connections That is what I want to do So One in doubt, do something. The best way I could say I've done that previously is, not the best way, but something that it reminds me of is we had a dinner at my house. Uh, When we cook dinner, I have a hard time sometimes of applying myself once I finish my task. But this time, I was really thinking about it. We had guests over, and the guests were helping out as well, of... Okay, I finished, let's say, slicing potatoes. What can I do next? Oh, we might need a salad. Let me start working on the salad. Start cutting up some lettuce. Let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, I can put something in the air fryer. And I just kept getting these ideas. And it felt really good to have these ideas. And some of it was maybe because we had guests over and I wanted to see them being productive. But also because I wanted to help out. People want to help out. I want to help out, at least. And it's, maybe it's a selfish thing that I want to help out so I feel good. But if you like helping people out, then yeah, it, it's selfish and uns- it's not selfish. It's just being a nice person. And is being a nice person so you feel good selfish? I mean, that comes down to the question, do we have any free will or anything? Because you could say we don't have any free will because there is a decision that always pre- predictates that action. <sighs> yeah. So when in doubt, do something. And so... I like it because I like that idea. And when you've done things, when you see, you know, phrases or stuff that happen, uh, just think about in the past when you've done similar things. You probably have. I mean, in the book Monster, he talks about how they were using war strategies that were written about in The Art of War. And none of them knew how to read, but they thought they were smart people. And so they thought, oh, this should work as a good fighting strategy. And it does. Now they're and they're not famous Chinese philosophers. I think Sun Tzu is Chinese. Maybe you're wrong. So that's maybe why I like that, because also I think it leaves you with less regret. Because if I would I stayed there and I knew what happened, but I sometimes overthink and I think what would have happened. I should have done this differently, I should have done that differently. If you do it, you're not gonna know how it turns out. It could be good, maybe you'll regret going, maybe you'll regret doing that action. But if you do something, you can at least learn from it. If you do nothing, what do you learn? That you should have done something which you probably know already. And yeah, that's what I got from it. I've looked at some of the reviews and the reviews say it's you know, just add, it's just pumping him up, just putting it. Well, some of it's definitely true. And you know, the people who make the documentary do want to show people in a good light, the person who it's describing. But that doesn't mean they're not good people or a good person. And that's what I'm trying to manifest as I'm going to this next chapter of my life. When I'm going to Columbia, I'm trying to take what I did when I didn't have a phone, didn't have electronics, was just living life. And it's easy to see that when you're on vacation, when you're relaxing. But the hard thing is to take those values or what you saw and try to translate them into what you're doing. It becomes very difficult as you get into the hustle and bustle to remember those things that will keep me grounded. But as I'm in this new city, I really want to connect and I really want to find my people and be with the people and learn because I'm there to my goals are to learn Spanish, teach the kids English, make a positive influence in these kids life and connect with other people in the program and other people in Colombia. And if those are my goals, how am I going to get there? It's going to be doing what I want, finding my people. I mean, and doing what you want doesn't mean not helping others. I want to help all people. Most people are helpful. If you want to help people, it doesn't mean you're not doing what you want. You have to want to help people for the right reasons, though. And if you're not helping them, if you're helping them for yourself, that doesn't mean you're selfish either. It just means you're a good person. So that's what I got from that. And then I watched on the flight back this Harry Chapin documentary. Uh, it was called Harry Chapin, If You're Not Doing Anything, Do Something, pretty much. I forgot what it was called exactly, but I watched it, when in doubt, do something. Basically, which I thought, it's very simple, but it's important, you know. If you have no idea what you're doing, find that way to impose yourself. And I have a very hard time doing this. Actually, the best time I found doing this is I was making dinner with my sister and some friends, and she was doing the bulk of the cooking, but as each thing was completed, I'm like, okay, I'm done. There are other people who aren't from my house. are still helping. I still want to help. How can I figure out what to do next? And so I went from doing one thing to doing this next side dish, then that side dish. And part of the reason is because I didn't want to sit down while our guests were helping cook. But the other thing is, what am I doing now? I'm going to find something for me to do and do something, and it made me happy. And that's all it is. I want to find, if i don't, I'm not sure what's up, go do it. If if I did, I don't know what I want to do in New York, I'm going to Columbia. I'm leaving this place for five months, okay? I will still hopefully have good enough Wi-Fi in a room to post this podcast. Uh, next week, there might not be one, though. And that's how I felt when I was sitting there with these people who didn't speak French. And I didn't do anything at that moment. It took me like 30 minutes, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back. Because if you're not sure what to do, then you're just caught in this indecision. I feel like I'm caught and I'm tugging between two places. And then the next morning I wake up and I feel regret of that I didn't either. Choose to do something sooner. It's a hard thing. I wake up and I overanalyze things in my own head. And that's that's one of my weaknesses, I feel like. I overanalyze stupid things. Unimportant things. And if you just go and try it, Even if you regret it, you won't be overanalyzing the same way. You won't be saying, oh, I should have done this. You've been saying, okay, I can learn from this now. What happened? Thanks for listening. I'm Adam. Uh, Hopefully, next time, I will be live, okay, recording from Bogota, Colombia, which should be an amazing time, and I'll be sharing all my experiences, and I'm going to be teaching kids and having a great time, so yeah. Yeah. Please like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Uh, follow me on Instagram, our I will hopefully be posting. I'll be trying to post more in Colombia, just showing more of what I'm doing. Uh, and the podcast, this podcast will be out. Oh, well, you're listening to it. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a great week.